Visit the Zoo with your host, Father Frederick Fishman. And hello and welcome to the Visit the Zoo podcast. My name is Frederick Fishman and I am an author and creator of the Visit the Zoo series, which you can find on ebooks or print books or audiobooks, the first three volumes at least, and the first volume of the Visit the Zoo DVD. All of that is on Amazon. The audiobooks, of course, are on audible.com. Everything else can be found on Amazon.com. If you want to learn more about Visit the Zoo and what we do here and all things Visit the Zoo, you can go to the website, which is Zoo Animals, that's plural, zooanimals.info. And my other site, my main author site that lists all my 100 plus books, uh, can be found at frederickfishman.com. That's frederickfishman.com. Finally, if you want to support us here at Visit the Zoo and everything that we do, it would be appreciated if you go to our Patreon site, and that will give you some more information about what it is that Visit the Zoo is all about and what we're trying to do here. And you can go to patreon.com slash visit the zoo. Patreon, by the way, is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash visit the zoo. And your contribution will help us support everything we do here. Keep the lights on as well as help us grow and proceed. Talking about proceeding, how about getting going with today's episode? Let's get started. And what we usually do right at the top is we read the latest zoo news things that are going on in the world of zoos and animals. Let's start with this first story from Cincinnati.com, which is part of the USA Today network. This was written by Hannah Sparling from the Inquirer. It was published on uh, December the 22nd. And the story starts out, this is Kathleen Wendland's third day working with the elephants. Before that, the 16-year-old was with the primates. A couple of times... They let me feed bananas and grapes to the bonobos, she said. They were so expressive, so human-like. She says, it's amazing to see all of the animals up close and get a feel for their personalities. Catherine is part of the Zoo Academy, a partnership between the Cincinnati Public Zoos and the Cincinnati Zoo and Botanical Garden. For part of the day, Zoo Academy is like a regular, if tiny, school. 36 students all juniors and seniors sit in classrooms in the basement of the zoo's education center. They learn math and English, they read books, they write papers. But then, for two hours each school day, Catherine and her classmates go out into the zoo and work. They clean snake cages, go behind the scenes with cheetahs, pigs, they shovel lots and lots of poop. Zoo Academy started in 1975, back when the elephants handed out diplomas at graduation. A lot has changed since then, said teacher Chris Edelin. But the mission remains true, to teach students about plant and animal conservation. The Cincinnati Zoo Academy is a Cincinnati public schools program that emphasizes science, 
plant animal conservation studies and is housed at the zoo. So that's a great story about what the Cincinnati Zoo is doing. These next two stories are kind of related so let's start off with this first one and it just came over the wire and it's a partial story with the second new story i'm going to read which will finish it up it's about the london zoo a huge fire has broken out at a cafe in the london zoo the sun reports 10 fire engines and dozens of firefighters are tackling the fire authorities said more than 70 firefighters were battling the, the blaze london fire brigade called a 608 a.m. to the Adventure Cafe and shop near the Meerkat enclosure. A spokesman for the zoo confirmed the death of Misha the aardvark and said that it was currently not possible to say what happened to the four missing meerkats still unaccounted for. A photograph posted on Twitter by LFD, excuse me, LFB, shows smoke billowing from the building as firefighters work at the scene. London Zoo said it would open tomorrow despite the fire. The London Fire Brigade tweeted at 7.50 a.m. saying 10 fire engines and around 70 firefighters are tackling the fire in a cafe and a shop at the zoo. More than a million tourists visit Regent's Park Zoo every year. The zoo tweeted, ZSL London Zoo is currently dealing with the incident on site and we will update you as the situation continues. Then I did a research to see what happened because the story ended and there was a follow-up five hours later that I want to read to you and it basically says that the zoo had reopened and that the aardvark previously mentioned and five meerkats were killed in the fire. Gift shop and the cafe were both destroyed in the fire. And it took three hours to fight while zookeepers frantically moved animals away from the danger. Eight zookeepers treated for smoke inhalation are recovering and the rescued animals will be closely monitored. And then this story comes from Southern California. This is story number three. And let me give you a little bit of background on this. California is a beautiful state. It has mountains and deserts, coastline beautiful green verdant valleys. San Joaquin Valley, 80% of the nation's vegetables and fruits come from the San Joaquin Valley, which is right in the middle of the state. However, they're subject to earthquakes, torrential rains, floods, mudslides, landslides, and of course, fires. The most recent big fire that they had in California was called the Thomas Fire, and it has burned 273,400 acres, and it's still going. It began on December the 4th, and it is the largest fire, wildfire, in recorded California history. As of today, when I'm recording this episode, which is December the 24th, 65% of the fire has been contained. 2,800 firefighters working around the clock 24-7 are on scene to put this fire out. Already $110 million has been spent to fight this fire. To give you some perspective as to how big this fire is, it's burned an area larger than New York City, Washington, D.C., and San Francisco combined. Already $10 billion is the estimated loss. 500 homes have been destroyed. And then luckily, or tragically, I guess, only one person has been killed during this fire, which has been going on now for 20 days. And that was a firefighter who was killed in an accident near the scene. Anyhow, so the story related is about the Santa Barbara Zoo. And it says that Santa Barbara Zoo employees round up sheep in preparation for fire evacuation. Chadwick, the African lion, gets up slowly from a late morning nap in a spot of warm sunshine 
that has become a rarity in these often smoke-filled days at the Santa Barbara Zoo. The thick-maned lion is among 500 residents of the zoo that are part of an elaborate effort to prepare for evacuation should the flames from the massive Thomas fire get too close to the zoo. That plan involves about 150 species, from gorillas and otters to an alligator and tamarins and lots of tranquilizers, crates, and donated trucks. The fire has already neared the zoo once since it began December the 4th. After that scare, some animals, including two visiting reindeer, their endangered condors as well, and an infant anteater, were already moved. Others, including an elderly pair of elephants who are not crate trained and giraffes who would not fit under freeway underpasses, would have to remain after the zoo. One of the officials there at the zoo said that uh, the evacuation is now on standby as you can't wait until the flames are in your backyard to prepare for something like this. Already during the wildfire, the official said they've come too close for comfort. And that was last Saturday. Handlers also led two visiting reindeer, mentioned earlier in the article, lightning and holiday into horse trailers. They're now headed home for the holidays. An infant anteater who needs round-the-clock bottle feeding, is now bunking at the Fresno Zoo, about four hours north of here. Among the evacuees, still in waiting, are several fennec foxes, a rambunctious baby gibbon, her foster mother, two silverback western lowland gorillas, Asian small-clawed otters, golden lion tamarins, and a rather petite Chinese alligator, who turns out it's pretty easy to capture. What's more, firefighters have been staged around the zoo, to defend it if necessary. And now let's go to do one of the favorite segments here in the Visit the Zoo podcast, and that's the mystery animal sounds, where I'll play three sounds from three animals, and you've got to see if you can guess it. I'll give you the answer later on in the episode. So let's go with the first one. Here is the first animal sound. <laughs> That's it. So let me play it again. And one more time. I think you've got an idea what that is. Maybe, maybe not. I think with this next one, you'll certainly have an idea what it is. So here's animal sound number two. Yeah. Let me play that again for you. One more time. Here now is animal sound number three. Let me do that again. And one more time. Okay, those are three animal sounds for the day. Stick around, I'll give you the answers later. What I usually do in this next segment is play an animal description, a full description from from one of the first three volumes that I recorded where I have 30 animal descriptions available in book form, in audiobook form at audible.com. And I usually lift those out and just drop them in. But there is, there's one animal that I want to read the description for you that I've not recorded yet. And I want to do this reading live. And I'm doing this because I did animal description for the Goliath bird-eating spider a few episodes again. And that really got a lot of traffic and a lot of interest. And I thought, okay, people are interested in animals that are somewhat dangerous, if not odd. This has got to be one of them. This is a snake. 
And the name of the snake is called a terciopelo. I know I butchered that, but let me try it again. It's terciopelo. It's also known as the fur de lance. And you may have heard that more than the uh, Spanish word for this snake. So let me read this to you, okay? The terciopelo is one very nasty, nasty, nasty snake. It is extremely dangerous and deadly. It is known as the ultimate pit viper. It is the main cause of snake bite encounters with humans where it and humans live together. It lives in a wide range of lowland habitats from southern Mexico to northern South America. Countries where it lives include Guatemala, Belize, Honduras, Nicaragua, Costa Rica, and Panama. It can weigh up to 13 pounds and its length varies from 3.9 to 5.9 feet. Some females have been recorded up to 8.2 feet in length. Females are bigger than males. They have thick, heavy bodies and longer fangs, one inch long, longer than the males. They have broad, flat heads and highly sensitive heat detection organs to sense nearby prey. They like to live in tropical rainforests near lakes, streams, and rivers. Terraceopalo snakes are nocturnal. They move around at night and rest during the day. They are solitary. Their skin coloring makes it difficult to see them on the forest floor layered with leaves, branches, and soil. It is their personality and behavior that make the Terracipiello so frightening. They are nervous, unpredictable, aggressive when disturbed, and threatened or cornered. They are easily excitable. They move their large bodies quickly. They will try to flee when threatened but are prepared to use those fangs when necessary. Those fangs can deliver a tremendous amount of venom because they are so big. They can also spit that venom as far as 6.5 feet. The bite can cause severe pain, swelling, internal bleeding, massive tissue damage, and death. Now, this is just an aside. I wrote a little note here that when they talk about massive tissue damage, it's, it's called necrosis, which rots, liquefies, and destroys flesh and tissue. It's extremely nasty and extremely painful. Bites from this snake can lead to infection, amputation, and death. There is evidence that the ancient Mayan civilization used the forest filled with these deadly snakes as defensive barriers against the Mayans' enemies. No enemy would dare venture into the forest filled with these terrifying snakes. But here's a strange twist. Scientists are in the process of studying and developing new drugs from the venom of the Terracipiello that might someday be helpful to man. So there is a positive aspect to these fearsome creatures. Well, I think I got your attention with that last read, didn't I? It's time to play those three mystery animal sounds, and let's see if we can figure out what those animals were. So let me replay the first sound, and I'll tell you what it is. If you said, well, that sounds like a bear, you'd be right. That's the polar bear. The polar bear is found mainly in the Arctic, but as far south as Newfoundland in Canada. The countries it lives in, Denmark, Norway, the U.S., and Russia, and also Canada. The polar bear is the iconic image of the Arctic. We've all seen pictures of them. I know we have. He can weigh, the males can weigh at least, anywhere between 770 and 1,543 pounds. Females are about half that weight, and they can stand 
anywhere from 7 to 10 feet. They're born on the land, but most of their life is spent on the sea ice because they live off the seals that swim in those waters. A hungry polar bear can be unpredictable, and if hungry, can kill and eat humans. They communicate with others with grunts, chuffs, snorts, and growls. Polar bear are solitary creatures and constantly searching the ice for food. Their fur keeps them warm in the water or on the ice, and they're considered vulnerable as the sea ice recedes. Okay, that's the polar bear. Now let's go to the next sound. I can't believe that anybody doesn't know what this one is. One more time. Now I could do an entire episode about these animals, the wolf. It's another iconic animal. It's known as the gray wolf, the timber wolf, or the western wolf. And it's a canine found in the wilderness of Eurasia and North America. The males weigh anywhere between 95 and 100 pounds, and the females between 79 and 85 pounds. They have tremendous jaw-crushing power, double that of a German shepherd, and they're larger than their coyote cousins. For winter, their fur is very long and bushy. The gray wolf is one of the best-known and researched animals in the world. They're long associated with humans, stories, tales, nursery rhymes, abound about the wolf. The wolf can attack humans, mostly children, but that's rare these days because their fear of humans from generations of hunters stalking and killing them. Modern dogs, our pets, our descendants from a now extinct subspecies of these wolves. They're territorial, they live in packs, they hunt as a unit, or they can hunt quite successfully on their own as well. And their existence is deep in human mythology. All right, here is now animal number three. Let me play it again. Just one more time. That is a large cat, obviously, and that is a jaguar. A jaguar ranges from North, Central, and South America. But in the United States, it's very rare with declining population as their habitat shrinks. There was a jaguar sighting not too long ago in the Catalina Mountains, which are just north of us on the very edge of the city where we live here in Tucson. A single lone jaguar, and that's not unusual. It's the third largest cat after the lion and tiger. They love to swim. But they are solitary animals, and they use stalk and ambush as their method for getting food. And they're top of the food chain. There's another animal with a powerful bite and crush. They're also good climbers, crawlers, and swimmers. And unfortunately, they're hunted for their beautiful mottled coat. In the mythology of the Aztec, they loved this animal, and they revered it and worshipped it. It weighs anywhere between 124 and 211 pounds. Those are the large males can weigh as much as 350 pounds. The females are slightly smaller. They live in marshes, forests, rainforests, and like I said, the attacks on humans are rare, but it is possible. They also like to live in drier areas as well. That is the jaguar, and those are our three animals for today. And 
now we come to the section that I kind of like myself, and that is a reading of a poem or quotes about animals. And today what I'm going to do, I'm going to read some quotes from some famous people. Some of these people you know, some you don't, so I've put together a little bio on each. Very, very short. Uh, the first quote comes from William Shakespeare, who I'm sure you probably all know or have read in school. He's a poet playwright and actor, and he's considered one of the most famous, if not the most famous English writers of all time. He lived from 1564 to 1616. And this quote is about an animal, us. What a piece of work is man. How noble in reason. How infinite in faculty, in form, and moving how express and admirable. In action, how like an angel. In apprehension, how like a god. The beauty of the world, the paragon of animals. That was William Shakespeare. This next one is from George Orwell, who was a novelist, essayist, and journalist. He lived from 1903 to 1950. Man is the only creature that consumes without producing. He does not give milk. He does not lay eggs. He is too weak to pull the plow. He cannot run fast enough to catch rabbits, yet he is the lord of all animals. This is now from uh, a quote from Buddha, whose teachings founded the religion Buddhism. He lived from 563 B.C. to 483 B.C. Not one or two, Subhuti, not one or two, but all the beings, men, women, animals, birds, trees, rocks all the beings in the world. One should create such a determination that I will lead all of them into nirvana. This next one is from Edwin Thiel, who was a naturalist, a photographer, and a writer, and he lived from 1899 to 1980. Those who wish to pet and baby wild animals love them, but those who respect their natures and wish to let them live normal lives love them more. This is from Mahatma Gandhi, a political activist and primary founder of modern-day India. He lived from 1869 to 1948 when he was assassinated. The greatness of a nation and its moral progress can be judged by the way its animals are treated. This next one is from St. John Chrysostom. He was Archbishop of Constantinople, which is the current city of Istanbul in Turkey. There is no birth date known, but he died in 407 A.D. The bee is more honored than other animals, not because she labors, because she labors for others. George Bernard Shaw, Irish playwright who wrote more than 60 plays, he lived from 1856 to 1950. Animals are my friends, and I don't eat my friends. This is from Thornton Wilder, playwright and novelist, 1897-1975. The best thing about animals is that they don't talk much. And finally, this is from a Russian novelist, Fyodor Dostoevsky. He lived from 1821 to 1881. Love the animals. God has given them the rudiments of thought and joy untroubled. This is a new segment of the podcast. I want to welcome a new sponsor, the Uncommon Core Podcast. And I want to thank Tom Howell for setting this up and initiating about the Uncommon Core Podcast. 
What does street art, reef aquariums, organic markets, fly fishing, roadsters, architecture, fashion, high-end audio, and synthesizers all have in common? They're all topics of the Uncommon Core podcast. The Uncommon Core podcast is about ideas, experiences, and perspectives that make us different from each other. Content includes live-to-tape recordings, interviews, dialogues, monologues, narrative stories, and soundscapes. In the most recent episodes, Uncommon Core Podcast looks at Reefapalooza, America's largest saltwater aquarium show, featuring author and owner of Two Little Fish, Julian Sprung. That's the Uncommon Core Podcast. Check out their blog at www.uncommoncorepodcast.com or www.uccpodcast.com. Also, you can check out their great merch at www.hugthepug.com. Uncommon Core Podcast is available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, and YouTube. And we have come to the end of, of this episode, a little bit longer than normal, so I hope you've stuck with me to the end. I want to thank you very much for joining us at Visit the Zoo podcast, and next time we'll do some more of the same. We'll have some very interesting animal descriptions, more mystery sounds, long and full animal description, and we'll see what we do at the end, whether we read some quotes or poems or do something else very special. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review. If you want to go to our websites, you can go to zooanimals.info to learn about all the things. Visit the zoo. That's zooanimals, plural, animals.info. And we also urge you to help us here and support our growth and maintenance as we move on with Visit the Zoo. And there's a lot of fun things I've got planned in the future, so stick with me and and please support us. It really helps out. And you can do that by going to www.patreon.com. That's www.patreon.com slash visit the zoo. So until next time, have a great week and take care. Bye-bye. Thank you.